2: Hello, you're listening to The podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Countryfile magazine. My name's Fergus Collins and I'm your host. And today we're off to the Dreaming, which is a wonderful country house in Mid Wales, a mindful place of retreat into nature set up by the singer and songwriter Charlotte Church. Our very own Margaret Bartlett went to meet Charlotte to find out more. Later, join me and the team as we talk about spring in the countryside and share our own encounters with nature good, bad and ugly. And please, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, my email is editor at countryfile.com. And our favourite email of the week will receive a book from the Revered Podcast Library. But for now, let's head off to meet Charlotte deep in the Welsh countryside.
0: Thank you. And it's amazing to be in this absolutely beautiful house. Yeah. T- tell me about how you found Dog House.
3: So, I came here two years ago, two and a bit years ago. And the first time I saw the house, it was in November. And uh, I was just coming for a nose. Yeah, I saw that it was up for sale and it was way out of my price range. And I wasn't looking for any sort of property. I I was looking for a field. I wanted to start like a glamping business. Ah, And so, yes, I just got absolutely spellbound by the land and the forest and the waterfalls and it just absolutely blew my tiny mind and yeah from from the first moment I came to and I wasn't really interested in the house the house was just a bit like okay whatever it was a shell yeah um but it was the land um and the Elan Valley in general like it's such a beautiful place Mm -hmm. and I'd never really forayed into mid Wales so it was it felt like a real ex you know like exploration um yeah but I totally fell in love with the land the land sued me and I've been its faithful servant ever since (laughs)
0: well it is incredible you're sitting at the house sits at the top of this gorgeous valley and you have this absolutely beautiful view down down the valley and behind is this amazing forest tell me
3: about the the land behind the house so the property sits on 47 acres mm. um, that belongs to the property. Uh, some of that is you know big open fields with big veteran trees, um, some Scots pine and some oaks and beeches. Uh, and then behind the house we've got 33 acres of forest, which go up on a, like a really steep mountain. Um, it's halfway, it's not quite a hill and it's not quite a mountain. Somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks quite high. When you're approaching from the valley, it looks very tall. Yeah. Behind, yeah. And so there's lots of different, I mean, it's a, it's pause plantation on ancient woodland. Hmm. So we'll be embarking on a project now over the next 50 years to turn it back into what it should be, which is native oak upland. So how, how, how will that process happen? Do, do you need to actively replant or will you be leaving it
0: so to do its own thing?
3: Basically at the moment, it's pretty hmm. overplanted. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, you know, it's got an ecosystem all of its own, you know, so you don't want to go in there and go, oh, just because this isn't native, um, then we're going to absolutely decimate it and clear fell. We, we, it's also a community of trees, you know, that are all structurally reliant on the other. And so you need to, we need to, well, there are lots of different schools of thought on the best way to do this. Um, but the way I want to do it is to. Do it very gently, really. Yeah. But there's all sorts in there. There's red western cedar, larch, Douglas fir, Sitka spruce, Norway spruce. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so it's an absolutely beautiful woodland. Hmm. And there's also some, you know, native trees in there. There's lots of birch and beech and oaks and hazel and holly, particularly along the the waterfalls. But I, I feel like, particularly in the red western cedar woodland. It's uh there's something about it which is just so relentlessly vertical. It just it <laughs> reminds me of Japan. I don't know why, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, but there's just something about that. But it, it's very quiet in there, it's very dark, and then you've got these gargantuan protruding rocks. And they're called Rodol Dog Rocks, there's a triple S I an area of special scientific interest on the rocks. Yeah. There's lots of protections on this land. There's bird protections. There's a uh, special area of conservation because of the water. Um, there's lots of protections on this land, which is really great because it just means that it can hopefully always, not just like this property and where we sit, but because of the, the wider nature interests in terms of the red kites. It's also designated um, a dark sky area. Um, Wonderful. Hopefully, then this land can remain as nature intended, like a bit purer, and people are just a bit more conscientious
0: yeah, about
3: yeah. P- polluting the land around here. And is that your intention? I mean, what
0: what, what do you sort of see the future of the land here? Well, as long as you're a steward of it, what would you
3: like to like to see happen with it? Part of the point of the dreaming was to democratize the use of the land. That I just, when I came here, I, I immediately felt like it was such a powerful place, that there was such drama and such healing, such beauty to be found, such magic to be found here. So I think a retreat center made a lot of sense to me. Uh, and, and the geography feeds into that in, in a number of ways. Like I said, whether it's, you know, the beauty of the soft moss or the drama of the rocks or the emotional, like, waterfalls and how, how it's situated in the valley and the water just sort of flows and moves everything through this valley. It all just felt very uh, healing. Yeah. But I think f- in terms of the wider project, then, uh, you know, a huge part of what I want to do here is about ecotourism and sustainability but also how do we take a patch of land which has been very much manhandled Mm. (laughs) and uh, how do we gift it back to nature how do we live in symbiosis Mm. as humans with the land really and there are and there are parts of the land which are temperate rainforest and so that's probably what it's it's wanting to turn into more and more you know there's quite a lot of farmland around here still so was there how were the neighbours about about your plans so I think that you know I think it's a really interesting question that we all need to start trying to figure out like how do we uh, enable farmers and the people who have worked the land I mean custodians of the land Mm. to feel like you know the old ways are still you know still have some value that you're not just going you know, the way that you've done and the way your family and the g- generations of, of your family here have done things is wrong. Sure. You can't do it anymore. So how do you sort of bring the people and the old ways along with you, but while saying, we're in a bit of a pickle here, and we have to we have to adapt there's changes that we need to make to the way that we work with the land mm-hmm. and not just sort of do whatever we want? try and bend nature to our will but like force it into some sort of submission that we can intensively sheep farm or have millions of chickens along the banks of rivers which are polluting them yeah and and really truly I think that we also know it deep within our cause yeah I think that within cellular memory there is a whole load of wisdom and knowledge that we can access um but it just takes for us to be open-minded, willing, and slow down and be quiet enough to hear that wisdom and knowledge from right within our own bodies. And is that part of
0: the journey that people go on when they come here to do a retreat? Is its it... Is it... I mean is it very nature based the the offerings that you that you do here?
3: Yes, lots of the offerings here are very nature based. Uh, the three pillars at the dreaming are sound healing. Yeah. And that means I mean sound healing can come in many forms. It can be basically dancing at the dawn in silent, with a silent disco. Yes. Um <laughs> and just absolutely Shaking your body on the land. (laughs) It can be um, singing to the land, which is another practice I like to take guests on. It can be sound journeys from different uh, sound healing practitioners where they use different instruments and gongs and singing Mm. in which to take people to a place of deep relaxation or Mm. for some people for deep journeying. Mm. Um, So that's sound healing, nature connection. And nature connection, again, can happen in a myriad of ways, whether it's sending people off to go and find things on the land, go and make things from the land, go and make things on the land, whether it's using natural materials to craft, Um, whether it's stargazing, whether it's um, working with different soil ecologies and planting Foraging. There are a million ways that we can connect with nature. So Mm. we are exploring and on on every retreat, no retreat is the same. We have different practitioners and we have different offerings. Mm. And then the third is ceremony.
0: Lovely. So yeah.
3: I sort of view the whole experience as a ceremony mm. from the mm. moment people get here because mm. the first part of ceremony is separation. Um, separation from the old ways, the way you're used to living, you know, the old patterns of behavior, um, the familiar. And so just to come here is is an, is the sort of opening, the separation that you require to start ceremony. And then there are all sorts of little rituals and ceremonies that we do whether it's following the cycles of the moon. Uh, again, there are so many wonderful practices, both from this land yeah. and from other indigenous cultures throughout the world. We try not to appropriate mm. Um but take influence from. There's so many ways to celebrate. Yes, of
4: course.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and to play. Yeah, yeah. And to go deep. Yeah. But in a gentle way. What I feel really passionate about is that actually, there are a lot of people who are quite traumatized mm. um, from all manner of things, whether that's childhood experiences, mm. whether it's experiences into adulthood, which they haven't had time to properly grieve, you know. The death of a loved one, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a career, of a big job that meant a lot to you. And we, I think that the way that society functions because of consumerist capitalism and how that's sort of like no bounds right now, knows no limits, Mm. then, you know, people are absolutely frayed. Their nervous systems are totally burnt out from overwork and from constant. Con- not, not entertainment what's it called sort of stimulation constant no, stimulation y- yeah. exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. constant stimulation yeah. which is not our natural state mm. and so i think that people are finding it very difficult to remember even how to rest how do we how do we switch off and of course now because the technology is in our smartphones yeah. rather than just on computers it's always with us yeah and so there just feels often like uh, certainly for me there's there, it can be really intense and there's no escape and so another part of what we do here at the dreaming is we don't have any wi-fi oh, lovely. um yes. and there's no signal <laughs> okay isn't that nice <laughs> and so you know it whilst but it's an interesting way to do it because rather than oh hand your phones in mm. which feels a bit like oh you know pe- people are quite addicted and quite like yeah some people are even calling smartphones like an exo organ like oh, an okay. organ outside of the body Gosh, it's kind of almost like a, a demon from, um, you know. From yeah, Northern Lights, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. So, but but when you've got, you're allowed to keep your phone, it just doesn't really work no, <laughs> the way that Germany does. <laughs> so I think, again, that just gives people, some people come here and they're a bit like, oh, I'm really a mm. bit anxious about that. Like I, mm. and I'm checking it every." But you very quickly, like literally within six hours, I think, of people being here, they're just like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I haven't looked at my phone for a while. <laughs> yes. There's no point. Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: Just totally switched on.
3: Yeah, totally switched off from that and totally switched on to the group that they're with and conversation and the beauty of this place and the beauty of this land. It's yeah. incredibly peaceful you do feel an incredible kind of peace here
0: in this in this house
3: yeah for for me it's like the way that I describe it it's like a balm b-a-l-m a a balm because and also just the practices that we that we have here and and I'm a facilitator here in the midweek on Tuesdays and Wednesdays Yeah. yeah and so like one of my practices is singing to the land lovely Um, And another one is Celestial Blessings, which is when we dance up the dawn and we've got silent disco headphones on and I just literally go out there and just shake my body like I absolutely lose my mind like I'm at a rave. (laughs) And this all happens outside? It all happens outside and it all happens at the break of day. Oh, how wonderful. And so sometimes you get to see, depending on the time of year, you get to see... You know, like a beautiful, clear, dark night sky yeah. turn into that amazing sunrise and yeah. and so sometimes it is transcendental Yes, just to be like dancing, listening to music, watching this amazing thing that happens every single day. Like just such an amazing show from nature. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and once you tune into it and the birds are circling. And yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's just um, I literally had a five minute dance with a red kite the other day. It was just like circling in these tiny circles above my head. Oh, how amazing! Oh, it was great. It was so great. Oh, incredible! But but also to watch watch guests then people just like going off onto the land, dancing in the streams, like just really letting themselves go. It's just yeah. it's really beautiful to watch. We can find awe in many things, I think, and yeah. actually, I th- we really find awe in each other. Mm people who are doing amazing things or so yeah it's it fills me with awe just to watch people just really letting themselves go and giving themselves to that practice.
0: Yeah absolutely fantastic and you do you talk about forest bathing as well I mean how does how does that work how does that process work?
3: So there's a number of ways that we engage in forest bathing mm. Uh we've got one offering called Sensing Place which is just about being out in the forest and being together around a campfire at the beginning um doing some breathing exercises really dropping into our bodies and into our yeah. uh, into our senses um and then we send people off onto the land to really sort of be in their animal body and just to try and be as sensory as they can like to really heighten their mm. senses and then see what they're drawn to there's just so it's not
0: particularly you don't go through a particular meditation or anything like that it's more we
3: do all sorts Mm. so sometimes like for singing to the land for example then I do sort of like a guided meditation first Mm. and it's very much again to be on in the land but just be sort of very open with your body and that you're listening so some of the so singing to the land mainly is about making sounds. Yeah. Um rather than singing and we're mimicking the sort of sounds that we're hearing whether it's the birds or the of the waterfall and then we get into sort of more uh, rooty gutsy territory and mm. do sort of call and response things but that's when we get m- deeper into the forest where it feels a bit darker and a bit more Mm, mm. yeah and it's very interesting people react all sorts of ways yeah some people just come to this place and just immediately cry Mm -hmm. and don't stop for the three days but it's like a release so I do think that there's something I think that I think this world is full of holy hills yeah um and I think this is one of them just somewhere that just feels like Mm. is so powerful yeah and it's so beautiful that it just it just opens you up. It's like a key. Getting here to this
0: place was, you know, in terms of the renovation and and all the planning permissions and all the other things was a big long journey mm-hmm. for you and 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 difficult at times. I, I mean, it, that was documented in in your TV program as well. There, Charlotte Church's dream build. Yes. How do you feel now that we're here and that you? You, you know you're welcoming people here how how has it helped you and your own healing journey or has it been a big process in itself
3: I think that the renovation is was like you know it was hugely stressful <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I but can imagine. nothing nothing good is ever easy we can't expect everything you know us to be well and happy and stable and comfortable all the time like it's hard growth is uncomfortable a lot of the time yeah and so that's the way that i sort of view what it's been like to get here Mm -hmm. it is like the house is absolutely beautiful it's it's just it's really it's exactly what i wanted it's exactly what i envisioned yeah you know, when I look back at all of my scribblings in my journal from three years ago. Yeah. It's, you know, all the experiences, how people are feeling, like it's all happening. Yeah. And um, that takes some serious life energy mm. and some struggle. Mm. And so I think it's okay as long as you just you just go, that's what it's going to be. And that's okay. And I have capacity. And when I don't have capacity, then uh, I'm also allowed to, you know, fall apart a bit. Yeah but also it keeps me doing these practices because m- much like everybody else I'm really busy. I'm a mother of three. I got a toddler and two teenagers. I run a charity. I'm trying to pay the bills, you know, I'm trying Gosh. to keep it all going. <laughs> yeah, And uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I've got, you know, my, my family, there's a few members of my family who are, who are unwell. Yeah, You know, we're, we're all juggling trying to keep, mm. you know, trying to nurture all of our relationships and the people that we love. And me being here as a practitioner means that I come here and I do these practices And actually, if I was left to my own devices at home, I'd probably fill it with a million other things. You know, cleaning the house, sorting out the books, whatever it is, like the the 10 million jobs we've all got all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so being able to come here and lead a group of people through these practices makes me do it myself and makes me slow down, makes me reflect, makes me you know go out and explore and go deeper into myself go deeper into nature so outside you created several spaces didn't you um
0: for for the guests and um just for general doing crazy stuff like while swimming and
3: tell yeah. me tell me about what you made outside so outside when I came here everything was very separate it was mm. like the there's the forest over there mm. and then there's the house um, standing very imposed, you know, it was very imposing. And, and then there's some just lawned bits <laughs> and there's some sheep. And I suppose when I came, I wanted to gift the house back to the land because everything felt very separate. And again, it felt like it'd been a bit manhandled, <laughs> <laughs> needed yes. a woman's touch. Yeah. And so, I've just tried to make it all a bit more fluid. Yeah. Um, that the planting all around the house mimics the streams and the waterfalls. Um, that we are, there's low, we've planted loads more trees now in yes. the big sort of meadow at the front. We don't cut the grass anymore. We just sort of let it all go into meadowlands. And yeah, yeah. there's also some orchards down there with all sorts of different fruit trees growing. We've got a big growing area at the bottom which at the moment is called the Rings of Rydaldog, <laughs> um which is where we're going to be growing our food. Um, we've introduced bees into the ecosystem. And um, yeah, so I've just tried to sort of, in a way, let nature rewild, um, but then also make spaces for humans to be, mm. um, which again are upholding those ideals of like, beauty and symbolism so we've got a moon garden oh, where lovely. all the paths make up the uh the celtic symbol for the moon oh wonderful um and in the moon garden all of the flowers are white some of them release their scent in the night time um, i noticed some Daphne at the front there yeah, they're they? starting to bloom <laughs> yes gorgeous um and then we've also got woodhenge so before there's a stonehenge there was apparently always a woodhenge so they wouldn't quite commit to moving yeah. <laughs> the big stones yeah. until they'd had a woodhenge there. So we've got a woodhenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Court of the Holly King, which was the first ceremonial space that we created, which is in the forest. Ooh, and that's just a big fire pit surrounded by holly. Again, in the old Celtic ways, Holly was holly was a plant for protection.
0: yeah.
3: um and then we've got a big threshold archway called The Gateway to the Underworld, which was made with all of the, um, there's throughout the the forest, there's a lot of veteran oaks still standing, but there's a lot of them that have been cut down um, in order to make way for the pines. This was, you know, in the 20s. So Mm. there was a lot of rotting oak, Mm -hmm. On the forest floor, Mm -hmm. obviously that's good habitat for a lot of creatures and that can feed the forest for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But some of the smaller bits we took and we um, made into this beautiful archway. So it's really twisted and gnarly, but there's also something about it which pays homage to, you know, what was there, the tree, what has happened there, you know, how these oaks were just sort of cut down systematically to plant this fast growing pine um, so, yeah, that's the court of the Holly King. Um, there's the Pool of Hundred Reflections. There's two plunge pools.
0: Wonderful.
3: There's a nest, a big, beautiful human sized nest. Oh, wonderful.
0: <laughs> um,
3: there's a beautiful swing over the stream. And what,
0: so, what do you see as the future of the centre? I mean, you said you're going to sort of rewild it, a bit, you know, let it do its thing in a way. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think rewilding, you know, by letting it do its thing in a way, but I also you know, I really want to be a part of a conversation in this part of the world, mm. which is about, you know, which is wider than this place, which is like, okay, well, there are a lot of pine forests here and there is a lot of intensive sheep farming and that's not what needs to happen, basically. But there's also a lot of of land. Mm. It's very sparsely populated, this county of Powys. You know, it's it, in ways it's, it's quite unspoilt mm. um, because there aren't many... You know, there's there's not much light pollution, and like I said, there's quite a lot of protections on this land. Yeah, and it's a really special land as well in terms of Wales and yeah. The Elan Valley history. has its own
0: sort of little mystery, doesn't it? I mean, it's
3: got a real atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And um yeah, historically, there's um, a lot of stuff that that went down here, and mm. yeah, the Druids believe that this. This sort of the heart, the centre of Wales is magically very powerful. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I would love to be a part of the conversation mm. and hopefully some action into how we are changing the landscape for the future. Yeah. But bringing everybody along, this doesn't have to be the old ways versus the new ways. Yeah. Uh, and so that is that is something that i feel quite passionate about and that once i've sort of got the dreaming up and going that i would love to start that conversation
0: mm, that would be amazing and in terms of accessibility i mean you you you've been quite vocal politically and about climate action and on various platforms and you also here you I, I read on the website you want to make it accessible for for people so is it, am I right in thinking there's one place that's sort of on a sliding scale of pay, payment, you know, yeah. to try and make it accessible to more people?
3: So at the Dreaming, the uh, we've got a sliding scale um, price range, basically. So um, it goes from £150 a night per person to um, £320 a night per person uh, and all of the rooms are gorgeous. So yeah. um, that the price doesn't necessarily reflect that you'll have a much better room. It's more just like I want to make it as accessible as possible. Yeah, And that's everything included. That's all your food. Like, nothing is extra. Once you get here, you don't have to put your hands in your pockets at all. Mm. But also on each retreat, we have a pay what you can space. Okay. Uh, Sometimes two spaces. Um, And that is if you can afford a fiver a night, then you can still come here. Oh, that's amazing. Um, And yeah, so it's really important to me. I think that often well-being is focused towards... Uh, people who can afford it, basically. And, you know, even those low-cost wellbeing options, things like the Calm app, for example, Mm. you know, it's still mainly accessed by sort of middle-class white people. Sure. Um, And don't get me wrong, of course, they they need calming too, they need wellbeing too, but I just really want this to be a place where everybody can break bread around the table and that everybody feels welcome regardless of, you know, how you... Um, identify in terms of your gender your race yeah Yeah, all of it really your age so uh, it's very important to me that we start to integrate society because we're really in our factions Mm. and and we're being made ever more so to to be in our factions we're sort of being pitted against each other Mm. and I think that's it's just totally against our our nature mm. our nature truly if if helped along a little is very collaborative yeah. and that is much much deeper in the gene pool mm. than you know any sort of tribe you know sort of not tribalism but factionism factionalism yeah. something like that yeah yeah i think that's one <laughs> <are> of those words <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're
0: meant to be with other people
3: yeah, exactly. We're meant to be with other people. It gets tricky when when it's it's too many people. Mm. You know, I think that the, the Mayans did it most successfully. Then they had cities of about 10,000 people back in the day. Um, but again, as soon as you have that amount of people, mm. and s- as soon as there are thousands of people rather than hundreds of people living together, then you need a collective, a co- there, there needs to be, a God, basically. Yeah. There needs to be something that you all believe in, which is external. Mm. Um, so that's quite fascinating. So mm. that faith and belief end up being the uniting factors, which makes people not fight. Mm. But at, at the moment, I think that, you know, that has become capitalism and, and stuff. Stuff. And uh, we're just drowning in stuff, mm. Mm. whether it's like, you know, YouTube stuff, stuff, <laughs> clogging up our brains or whether it's you know chicken poo clogging up the rivers <laughs> mm-hmm. so it, we're, we're in a bit of a pickle and we are going to have to adapt mm-hmm. um and I absolutely believe that we can and I and I will carry on fighting until my last breath it's a lovely description
0: your so is your music career kind of taking a back seat at all or are you kind of
3: I think I'm uh, I'm almost ready to start doing it again. Oh, Yeah, yeah. For the last 6 years, I've had a band called Charlotte Church's Late Night Pop Dungeon. Oh yes, yes. Which I've has been, been living in car, of course. I've seen lots of
0: posters. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah.
3: so that was sort of it scratching my musical itch and it was a a phenomenal amount of fun. Yeah. And um but now that's sort of come to an end. We've stopped doing it much much to the dismay of Lots of serious party goers, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I want to create some original music again, mm. um, because I just love it. It's just absolutely in my veins. It's just an absolute part of m- m- who I am and what needs to flow within me. And what I need to say, like this, so I've been through so much, and I think. As you get older, particularly in your 30s, I mean, it depends how advanced you are, I suppose. For some people, they get they get to it in their 20s. For some people, in their 30s. Mm. For some people, their 40s, 50s, 60s. Some never get to it. But mm. I think just to start unfurling, start doing that shadow work so that you can
4: mm.
3: peel off the layers um, of darkness, of sort of how, how we're all just sort of uh, misfiring a little bit. Um and music is going. That's that's my way of doing it. That's going to be my expression. Yeah. So I've started writing again uh, in my spare time. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! Which is
3: um, very a small minimal, amount, but I, yeah, I'm starting yeah. to make it a bit more of a priority. Mm-hmm. And like I said, because this this place is opening me up, you know, I have in order to preserve myself, I've had to really build a fortress, you know? I'm sure, yeah. And so it's, it's and, and, and the work that I want to do, how I want to access this stuff, I want it to be gentle. Mm. So I'm just happy to let that fortress sort of crumble brick by brick and I will just gently, gently explore, be curious, do the work. But this is, the dreaming is absolutely doing that.
0: Yeah.
3: And, and in in the majority, it's the it's the guests, it's the other people who are here mm. that you you know you hear people's stories and you're so humbled by it. It's unbelievable mm. what people go through, yeah. How the strength. You're just in awe, but it, it it really helps you identify those different parts within yourself. Mm. It's just a, it's just deeply human, and it just yeah really helps you help open up and. Yeah. Start to take down the walls that you have. Well, thank you so much for no giving me your time today, and
0: um, oh, it's just been wonderful. And congratulations on creating such a
3: beautiful space. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily. Smartfood popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision. Every time. Smartfood. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com.
2: Wow, how soothing. What a wonderful experience. And to be taken away into the Powis countryside like that. Sort of wish I was there now. But I'm in the studio. And it's the second best thing because Margaret's joined me. Fresh from having interviewed Charlotte Church, and of course I've got the lovely Hannah and Jack who helped me make the podcast. So lovely to see you all, thank you for coming in. Hello 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 Margaret, first of all, yeah. that was I mean she's such a wonderful person, and I didn't know much about I'm new of Charlotte Church, the prodigy singer and as, yeah, as a child in front of all these sort of choirs and whatever making records. but she seems to have such a grasp of of life, of mm. what nature does for us. Was that your impression it yeah. Like-
0: yeah, it was really oh it was just such a pleasure to meet her she's just such a such a joyful kind of character of a person you know, she she just irradiated kind of happiness and it was a pleasure, such a pleasure to be in her company and so I was really really, really pleased to to meet her and to go up to that to that place, which is just it's just like a little slight little slice of heaven really
2: the dreaming uh, it's the well dreaming. named yeah.
0: yeah you're you're on the top of this valley with a huge huge you know forest tall trees behind you with these massive moss covered rocks that just and the waterfall coming down just really right next to the house and um anyway she's just made it a beautiful little a little haven
2: so it's all about the power of getting away and that's yeah. a particularly wonderful place to get to but um and that that idea of going on a retreat have you guys been on Jack Hanna? Have you ever ever sort of, I mean, do, do, do you retreat?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever been on a retreat. No. But I feel like I can understand the, the benefits of it. Like I, I know like the other day uh, I was dropping someone off and it was in quite a nice peaceful place. I was like, actually, just to sit here for an hour or so and there was a load of birds tweeting. It was just lovely to sit there in that bit of peace for a while and kind of remove yourself from something uh, until... A nearby car started ringing someone, so which was very, (laughs) very loud. That's the problem. You've got to get away from it. How How about
2: you, Hannah? Well,
1: I haven't been on a retreat per se, but I had been thinking about going on Duke of Edinburgh expeditions, and that's sort of like it's not the same thing because it's not. It's a lot muddier and a lot wetter. But that kind of cutting yourself off from the day to day. And bringing yourself back to the essential things that you are, like what you need to survive, what it is that you kind of care about the most and like giving yourself space to kind of think without the pressures of everyday mm-hmm.
2: life that is so much part of why we do the podcast in some ways and why we get out into the countryside and why we why we work on country Farm magazine but it is that sort of finding yourself and finding the kind of essence of what makes you tick because i look at jack across the room for me you're pro- you're probably the company's busiest man uh-huh. <laughs> oh i'm not sure about that i'm a, i'm a busy guy you're a very busy chap so you know the retreat we must send you on more retreats yeah 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 <laughs> please (laughs) (laughs) well look that's all power to charlotte for for creating that um maybe she'll invite us all up sometime and we can get over our work stresses
0: (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be amazing i'd love it just a chance to disconnect would be fantastic and she could sing to us well, I was hoping to, to hear her sing, but um, I, I realise she sort of preserves that that for her guests these days. And I don't know how much actual singing she does during the retreats, but she does se- definitely do sound healing. And that would be an amazing experience to do some sound healing mm. with Charlotte Church and her her wonderful voice. You can even hear how melodious her Who's speaking? Voices, kind yes. of. She's just, just, um,
2: and just a delicious laugh. She's got. it's Very musical. Yeah. It's a whole body laugh, which
0: yeah. is beautiful.
2: Yeah. Good opportunities sort of. You've had this wonderful experience at it. We always have a little slot, Margaret, uh, where we talk about sightings and happenings, are in the wild of the countryside. Well, maybe, maybe start with you, Jack, because I know you've just been away. Have you? Had, have you seen anything? Done anything?
4: Well, like I said, basically, I had that nice little <laughs> what I thought was going to be an hour of peaceful nature and then got disturbed by a loud phone in a car but I was going to bring something to the table this week that oh. is not necessarily to do with nature but I think it's quite interesting is obviously we're recording this just after the king got coronated it was the coronation weekend and uh they had the celebration coronation celebration concert and there was a whole chunk about nature in it and our natural world and I just thought that was quite it's nice that that's becoming more of a a big topic and also I think it was accompanied with the the light show and the drone show which was I think is a nicer alternative than just fireworks and it was quite mm. impressive as well the, I think the whale if you if you've seen it the giant whale in drones I thought was I don't know how they do that I yeah, spectacular, yeah. so they have loads of people flying drones they must fly the drones I don't know I don't know it's magic <laughs> drone magic it is, it is impressive but it, I think it's just a really nice thing that that's sort of becoming quite a i think most of the stuff that's been quite big recently a load of big shows and stuff like that and celebrations the natural world and the impacts of global warming seem to be becoming a bit more of a regular thing in that it's feeling a bit more normal and it's it's being a bit more championed which
2: Mm. it's nice to see and especially
4: that sort of global definitely king charles is
2: is one of his it's always been one of his sort of tenets of faith Mm. is like the natural world so fingers crossed there's a more and more of that, but yeah, good spot. I didn't watch the concert, but I, I, I'm glad that I had that. Recommend in, had that, in it? Okay, especially right. if you're a Lionel Richie fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I knew. Um, Hannah, have you been? I, I know you've been. Oh there. yes,
1: oh yes. Uh, so I went to Wales this weekend, and there's a surprise. <laughs> I home, home, home. Just can't help myself. Proper homeland. Proper Wales. home. Um, and saw sparrowhawks, swallows, house martins, chaffinches really tiny baby blue tits looking so scruffy and ridiculous mm. wooden enemies just everything everything i was um yeah properly happy this you're weekend. glowing with a, with, <laughs> a,
2: with, a, with a like you've had a, a, a proper yes, injection a spring yes yes <laughs> yes, yes nature yeah. 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 <laughs> had to drag her into the studio today. <laughs> oh bless you that's lovely that's lovely and um exactly what i'm sure a lot of listeners particularly in the uk enjoying this it's kind of weird spring it's been brilliant for wildlife, but perhaps not so brilliant for us. It's so sort of rainy and cloudy, mm-hmm. but actually, yeah. it seems to be the perfect cycle of bit of sunshine, bit of wet, quite warm. So everything's growing and singing. I yeah. Anyway, we'll come to me in a minute, <laughs> Margaret. How about you?
0: Oh, uh, this weekend I went on a walk in an absolutely stunning bluebell wood, um, just across the top of a ridge outside, just outside Cardiff. And it was beautiful. It was just on the edge of some farmland, some ancient woodland. And it was just went on for ages and ages and ages. And all you could see was just blue, a carpet of blue. It was absolutely stunning. It
2: is absolutely yeah. Bluebell Peak now, yeah. mid-May. My goodness. Yeah. And they're brilliant this year. So I was so um, lucky to see that. I'm still bubbling from going to NEP. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it next week because that's our, our NEP episode. Um,
0: really possibly
2: two episodes. That. It's so much. It's so exciting. Yes. Um but I did. I I did have the most magnificent walk on the rewilded hill of Bryn Aru in the, in the Banai Bracheniog, mm. um, and more, more whales. <laughs> yeah, more whales. Sorry, <laughs> yes, very yeah. whales heavy. Uh, but uh, yeah, and that just filled my tank full of well, wow. refilled it uh, full of just. It was peaceful. It was beautiful. The work they're doing on there, the stump up for trees, people planting trees on this barren hillside, and uh, fighting back the bracken. And it's beginning to work and you can just see that life is coming back to this hill. Uh, On top of going to NEP, it's filled me with hope that things can be turned around in Britain and we can start to see a, a bit of wildlife coming back to some areas where it's largely gone. So on that hopeful message, on top of happenings and sightings, Oh, last week, I forgot to mention that I would brought in some rhubarb for Hannah and Jack. Did you? Did you throw it in the compost, <laughs> no. or <did laughs> no, you, no, 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 no,
1: no. I mean, it has been languishing in the fridge because I went to Wales this weekend. Okay, right. But it will did be. Did you go to Wales this weekend? I did go to Wales. Oh, okay, <laughs> right, okay. uh, but it will be uh, boiled down with loads and loads of sugar and eaten with
2: probably double cream at some stage. Lovely, good. I'm glad it's gone to a happy.
4: Home. No, I, I took it. I took it home. I did give a bit to Ben, uh, one of our other podcast. Producers here, and uh, he did just go straight for it. he <laughs> had a big chomp out of it straight away. Just yes, it was, Gosh. he went straight for the sauce. And uh, wow, he, was he okay? I mean, the face he pulled <laughs> suggests he didn't enjoy it, <laughs> no. but he said he did. <laughs> so, how
1: he normally eats rhubarb?
4: Oh, I'm not sure. This is bad.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like probably it
4: is. We're a weird <laughs> bunch. This podcast people extraordinary.
2: Was he buzzing all day with the sort of sourness? <laughs> Well, are you have you got any well tell us about your sightings and happenings and rhubarb stories, <laughs> please do get in touch. How
1: do you like your rhubarb?
2: <laughs> yeah. Raw. Um <laughs> and well, get in touch with me. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. And send in any sounds that you might have recorded, particularly this bird song at the moment. Just fantastic. And the ones we choose as our sound or email of the week, we will send out a lovely book or other Present from the podcast library, which Jack maintains with great aplomb. Aplomb, yes. That's why I couldn't get to Wales. Yeah. <laughs> busy, job, busy job in the library. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a, a lovely little email this week, um, which I was wondering whether, Hannah, you could. Yes, of
1: course. So this is from Martin in New York, USA. Absolutely love the podcast and look forward to it every week. As an expat living in the US, it really helps me have some connection with the English countryside, which I miss. May I put in a suggestion? I think you should have an annual fishing trip with Kevin Parr, or maybe even two outings per year. I really enjoy the past episodes with Kevin. Who would have thought listening to people fish could be so relaxing? Please keep up the good work.
2: That's so sweet. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've got a, a definite vote there from from Hannah and from from me. I'm sure we had we had the best time when we went fishing with Kev. Yeah,
4: it was a retreat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> shall we do it again then?
1: Definitely, <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> yes, so much that I can't speak. Uh,
2: okay, well let's get Kevin to organise one soon, and we'll go. We'll go again. Thank you, Martin. Uh, I do have a fishing book for you because that is our email of the week. Uh, it's called illuminated by water and i've read it uh, it's all about the sort of uh, by malachi tulloch and it's just about going into the wild and having sort of wild experiences not so much fishing 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 but just the whole wonder of being close to nature in some wild places and quite powerful powerful stuff so i hope you enjoy that i'll ping it in the post to you all the way to the us but that's it for this week next week it's nip time but for now thank you for listening and goodbye from me and all the team See you next time.
1: Oh, yes.